Hello London, we are ready for your vote. Hello, I'm Stephen Perkins and this is Douzepois, the Eurovision podcast from the team behind Bingewatch. It has been another incredibly busy week in the 2024 selection process, including the official release of Olya Alexander's single Dizzy for the United Kingdom, which producer Liam and I did a whole separate episode about a few days ago, so don't forget to check that out if you haven't done so already. So putting the United Kingdom to one side for the time being, we've now also got the songs for the Netherlands, Cyprus, Switzerland, Austria, Iceland and Serbia for this year. So let's take a look at the latest six songs to enter the fray, and we'll start with the Netherlands, who have some ground to make up after failing to make the final last year. They already confirmed 26-year-old Juist Klein as their representative back in December, but kept us waiting for another two months on the song front. But no longer. Juiced's song is called Euro Papa, which he has described as drawing inspiration from both Too Unlimited and The Venger Boys, which should give you a fairly clear idea of what we're in for. But if that doesn't do the job, let me try and break it down for you as best I can. It is a mosh-friendly, happy hardcore track that's a kind of wry celebration of a world without borders, and while it might all sound fairly superficial and Euro-cheesy, there are nods throughout the song to Juiced's father, who died of cancer when Juiced was 12. So this is a really interesting entry, because on one level, it almost seems like a kind of self-parody of a Eurovision song that's clearly designed to get maximum televotes and meme value, but there's also quite a bit going on under the surface too, and I'm really intrigued to see how the juries are going to respond to that. I would have to say, if I'm honest, the song itself isn't quite my cup of tea personally, but I'm pretty sure it's going to sail through to the final, and could well be a major contender when it gets there. I don't know if I see this one being an outright winner, but it's definitely one to keep your eye on. Let's move across to Cyprus, who also went for an internal selection this year, after a little bit of drama, because they originally wanted to use Greek talent show Fame Story to select their entrant, in conjunction with Greek broadcaster Star Greece. However, this did not go down terribly well with ERT, the Greek broadcaster in charge of Greece's Eurovision entry, who filed a complaint with the EBU alleging infringement of the contest rules. The show would have been shot in Greece rather than Cyprus, and they felt that wasn't allowed. As a result, Cypriot broadcaster CyBC changed their minds and went for an internal selection, picking 17-year-old Australian singer Celia Captis as their representative back in September. It's now been confirmed that she's going to be singing Liar, which is another entry in this year's extensive selection of bangers. It's got a kind of early 2000s vibe about it, and it pains me greatly to think that we can probably consider that to be retro now, and it's very much the sort of thing that you'd expect from Cyprus at Eurovision, because it's got an insistent beat and a pretty anthemic chorus, and I think it's likely to sound pretty good live. I would say my one reservation with it at this point is if it does kind of just end rather underwhelmingly, so if Cyprus are looking for feedback from random UK podcasters at this point in their process, I think that's something that could do with a little bit of attention. Now, bearing in mind that I said Cyprus are sending the sort of song that you would absolutely expect Cyprus to send to Eurovision, let's turn our attention to Switzerland. Based on their track record over the last few years, you might be expecting some kind of big sad boy ballad, but Switzerland have done a major handbrake turn this year. Their song is The Code by 24-year-old non-binary artist Nemo, and the track defies categorisation in the best way possible. It's operatic, it's rap, it's pop, it's emo, and best of all, it feels extremely genuine and heartfelt, which makes it feel perfectly Eurovision to me. Honestly, I think if Nemo can nail this one live, then it could be a massive, massive contender. It absolutely knocked my socks off when I first heard it, and it only gets stronger on repeated listens. We are blessed with a field of incredibly strong songs this year, and to my mind, this is one of the very strongest. I would worry slightly that its complexity might make it very difficult to land on the night, but if Nemo can manage that, then we could possibly be looking at Switzerland's first win since Celine Dion in 1988 here. 
And for our final internal selection of the week, we're going over to Austria. We already confirmed a few weeks back that their entry for this year would be Kalin with We Will Rave, but Austria have been making us wait a little while to hear it. Now, with a title like We Will Rave, you can make a pretty good stab at what you think it's going to sound like, and you're not going to be too far off. It's a high-energy EDM track about having a broken heart and going to the club to dance all your woes away, albeit one that makes you think slightly of Moonlight Shadow by Mike Oldfield. It is likely to be a popular one with the crowd in the arena, I think, so their big task is to make sure that that atmosphere reaches the juries and the voters at home. For that reason, Eurodance can be a tricky thing to pull off live in a competitive environment like this one, but I'm imagining a frenetic dance break and a blinding light show, and I think that could sell it quite well, so I'm looking forward to it. Okay, so onward to this weekend's actual national finals. And let's start with the one that gave us our results first on Saturday, Iceland's Sungvagepnin. Now you may remember that I reported a few episodes ago that Iceland had temporarily disconnected the competition from Eurovision itself over protests against Israel's involvement in this year's contest, and that broadcaster RUV intended to make a decision in conjunction with the winner as to whether they would participate in Eurovision this year. Now, at the time of recording, we have not had an official statement. However, as it turned out, both of the contestants who made it to the super final in Song of the Captain had already stated that they would compete in Eurovision if they won, so it seems fairly signed off at this point. So, about that super final, it came down to the final two. 31-year-old Palestinian singer-songwriter Bashar Murad with Wild West, who seemed to be the favourite going in, against 51-year-old Hera Bjork, who previously represented Iceland in 2010 with the floor filler Je ne sais quoi. She was back for another shot with her new track, Scared of Heights. And, in a bit of a surprise upset, it was Hera who emerged as the victor. And, in all honesty, I feel like this may have been the wrong decision. When I was listening to the song last night after it won, I kept thinking there was something familiar about it, and then a friend on Twitter pointed out that it does bear an uncanny resemblance to Embers, James Newman's infamous Nilpois entry for the United Kingdom in 2021. Now, I said at the time that I didn't think Embers was a bad song in and of itself, and that it was more of a problem of James not being the right performer for it, and perhaps it might be that Hera is more suited to this kind of material. But, and it is a big but, in what is shaping up to be an incredibly strong year, I think this one is going to struggle to make a case for itself in the semis, because it does just feel quite dated and lacklustre. Intriguingly, back in 2010, Hera was one of the favourites to do really well at Eurovision, but she ended up with a disappointingly low placing of 19th in the final. And while I'd love for her to make a triumphant comeback, I'm just not sure this is the song that's going to do it. I agree with some of the people online who have been saying that the original Icelandic version, Vidvaram Hera, was stronger and that they might be better off referring to that, but I do think this is a case of trying to mop up a flood with paper towels at this point. I'm really happy to be proved wrong, but right now, for me, Iceland are joining Luxembourg in this year's Should Have Sent the runner-up club. And finally Serbia, which I'm going to have to preface with my usual apology in advance for my butchered pronunciation here, but Serbia's national final, Pesmerza Evrovizicu, had already attracted a fair amount of controversy over one of the favourites to win, Brescovica with Gnezdo Olovo, which translates as the Eagle's Nest, as the lyrics were perceived by some listeners to be a call for annexing Kosovo back to Serbia, and the song had gained widespread popularity with Serbian ultra-nationalists. Now, for what it's worth, Breskvika has denied that that was the meaning of the song and has stated that it's intended to simply be a straightforward message about good triumphing over evil. But at the same time, this is arguably the sort of controversy that Eurovision can do without this year of all years. Unsurprisingly, she did end up winning the televote handily, but the final was a 50-50 split between jury and televote, and after only finishing sixth with the juries, she lost out to jury favourite and televote runner-up Ramonda by Teodora, which references the flower of the same name that was first discovered in Serbia in the 1870s, and has a resilience that holds a huge amount of meaning for the Serbian people. 
It's a haunting, beautifully sung ballad in a year where we had surprisingly few of those, so it does have more of a chance of standing out, and that might turn out to be a smart choice, given that Serbia are inarguably the more competitive of the two semi-finals. That is it for this weekend, so thank you for listening, and don't forget that you can follow us on Twitter at BingeWatch underscore pod, and I'm on there individually at Stephen Perkins. Please do hit subscribe if you haven't done so already, particularly because I've got various personal life things happening over the next few weekends, so episodes may be coming out slightly later than usual for the next few weeks. But I will be back at some point next week to talk about Australia, Greece, Portugal, Sweden, and anything else that crops up on the Eurovision news front. But until then, good night Europe, and good morning Australia. Australia.